ain't a damn thing pretty. Unless you. Since 1969, the same city. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Talking Fires podcast and YouTube show, episode 268. I'm sorry for that delay there at the start. Um, I'm on my iPhone right now because my computer's not charged. My charger stopped working. So bear with me here. Uh, I don't know if the audio is going to be good. I, I don't even know. I can't see how many people are in here. I can't see... Uh, if there's any comments yet, so just bear with me here. But I did want to get this out. I was planning, obviously, to do it today on my laptop, but it's uh, not charged, so I can't. Uh, but there's a lot to talk about today. I mean, Jerkson Profar, uh, Brandon Drury. Okay, the audio is good. Thank you. Jerkson Profar, Brandon Drury. There's some stuff to talk about there. Keith Law. Uh, he came out with his top free agents uh, in the athletic article going into the offseason. So I'm going to give my thoughts on that. He gave some dollar figures, and I kind of disagree with that. There's also uh, the player reviews to continue. Will Myers, Jose Zokar, those are the player reviews for today. Looking back at Will Myers' uh, tenure with the Padres, I wanted to do that a little bit. Sorry, I'm in my garage, so maybe the dryer's going right now and you can hear that i don't have headphones in for this uh again i'm just trying to do it as sorry trying to do it as best as i can here um but yeah let's start with profar and drury so keith law said today in the athletic he was ranking free agents and he had jerks and profar as his 11th best free agent uh, and he said quote he's a three to four year 15 to 18 million dollar a year guy if you believe he can extract some improvements in just one of those areas, especially defense. And I believe one of those areas, what he was talking about there was defense, uh, power numbers. I think that's what he was referring to. And so if Keith Law thinks that Profar can improve, improve uh, defensively, he can get 15 to $18 million a year. I, I don't see that. Um, that would be doubling Jerks and Profar's salary. What he would get, or what he got this year, was like $7 million. So what team out there, really, like what team is going to give Jerks and Profar $15 million a year? That's doubling his salary. I just don't see that happening. For a guy, well, Keith Law said that Profar had a well below average defensive year. I don't know if I agree with that, with all the assists that he had. It, it looked to me like he was an improved guy out there. Even if he did, um, had a below average. I mean, the offense, it's not like – the offense was better. Uh, so I do want to give Profar credit there. But if he did have a below average defensive year and you're not going to get a ton of power from him, and that was clearly his best offensive year so far, uh, or just his best year all around, what is he worth? Are you, you're just going to double his salary because of that? I don't think there's going to be that many teams out there that are going to think, oh, Profar is going to continue having a great year like this in 2023. Uh, and we can pay this guy double his 2022 salary for the next three years. I just don't see that. Um, like next year when Fernando comes back, Profar is going to be like maybe their seventh hitter, you would think. Tatis, Soto, Manny. First base, DH, uh, Cronorth, 
And then do you go Profar? Profar, Grisham, Nola? You know, like, that's where he's going to be. So you're going to pay a seven-hitter $15 million a year? I just don't see that. If that's what Profar is going to get from some team, well, then Profar is just going to be gone. He's going to be out the window. All right, that's fine. He can be gone. Uh, because I just don't see the Padres wanting to pay him $15 million a year. That's that for a guy that's not an all-star player. I just don't see that. Uh, and then with Brandon Drury, he was ranked by Keith Law as the 49th best free agent out of 50. And that was, uh, Keith Law said, quote, because of his versatility, he might be worth a two-year deal at a modest, a modest, excuse me, base salary of five to six million a year. Uh, I don't see that either. I think Drury's going to get paid more than six million dollars a year. According to Fangraphs, that value metric that they have, he was worth twenty-three plus million dollars this year. I know he's. You're probably not going to predict him to have that season again next year, but to only think he's going to get six million dollars a year. And it's because of his versatility. I just don't see that. I'm thinking it's going to be like one year, ten million for the Padres, something around there, like them being willing to give him, and that's double that. So if you can get Drury for two years, twelve million, six million a year for that, for the versatility, and even if he is a utility guy, I mean, Profar was supposed to be a utility guy going into last off season. And he was paid $7 million. That's more than Drury uh, based on this. Now, Keith Law, he's not like God, right? He doesn't determine the salaries. But if he thinks that Drury's getting 5 to $6 million, I mean, the Padres would pounce on that, I would think. I'm thinking it's more going to be around $10 million, uh, per year for Drury. Um, and so maybe it's 2 two for t- uh, $20 million. Josh Bell was like $14 million, according to Keith Law. I don't know if the Padres want to go that high for Josh Bell. Um, even though, you know, he is the switch hitter. That's something Drury can't do. I don't know. But, um, I mean, for Profar, okay. Sorry, it was a good run with you. Goodbye. If that if it's going to be $15 million a year. And then with Drury, I feel like that's an underpay. Like, I would jump all over that if I was um, the Padres. If it's five to six million a year, that's like nothing. Uh, especially, he was probably the best Padre they got back at the trade deadline. I mean, Soto was good, especially at the end, but Josh Bell didn't do much. I think Voigt and Hosmer actually did better offensively than uh, Josh Bell did coming back in that trade, like the remainder of the year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those are my thoughts on Profar and Drury. You can let me know in the comments here on YouTube or on social media if you would bring back Brandon Drury. Um, I think you would on five to six million a year. But would you rather bring him back or would you rather bring Josh Bell back? Uh, and Jerks and Profar, what is your limit? I'm curious. What is your guy's limit, do you think? How much would you give him per year? Like, is it seven million? Is it eight million? Is it 10 million? And then you say, no. All right, that's it. Anything over that? Sorry we're not going to bring Profar back? Like, what's the limit, AAV, average annual value, that you would give to Profar if you were Peter Seidler, if you were A.J. Preller in the Padres front office? I'm curious to know. Uh, but, yeah, that was the just the free agent stuff that came across I saw this morning. So I wanted to talk about that. Uh, free agency does not start 
till five days after the World Series. I think it's 6 a.m. that day uh, because they have to get those player option decisions. You know, the player option window five days after the World Series ends. You Between those those next five days after the World Series ends, teams, players, they have to do the player options, the club options until real free agency starts. Um, so there's not going to be that stuff like – until after the World Series ends, that's when we'll get into the player options, Nick Martinez, Robert Suarez, uh, Jerks and Profar. But for, for today, that was just an article that came across and piqued my interest. I was like, okay, well, Keith Law, he's respected. And I think he's overpaying Profar and he's underpaying Drury. I'm not, so I'm going to be interested to see what their markets are actually like. Uh, moving to the player reviews. I've been doing the player reviews since the Padres were eliminated. Uh, I think it's just a good thing to reflect on this season, uh, especially when there's no baseball being played for the Padres. And, I mean, like we're just sitting here waiting for free agency to start. So might as well uh, talk about players' years, and it it was a good season. Um, I've already done the pitching, the bullpen. uh, I've done the catching position. I went through Nola, Campy, and Alfaro. I think that was yesterday. Uh, and today I'm going to go with Will Myers and Jose Azokar. That's the two that I'm going to talk about. Azokar, there's not as much to talk about. Will Myers, maybe there's not a ton to talk about in terms of his 2022 season. But, I mean, reflecting on his Padres tenure, uh, there, there's a lot to talk about there. Um, so let's start with the 2022 seasons for Myers and Azokar, and then I'll get to some reflecting on Myers' Padres career assuming that it's over. Um, I mean, I don't want to assume that Myers, his career is over. He could come back on a one-year deal. And if it's a lower salary, obviously than what he was being paid and he's okay with that because he wants to be on a contender. Okay. I look into bringing him back, but if he's, if he wants to be a starter, I think his time in San Diego is probably done. Uh, but getting to 2022 here, he had Myers did. He had a one fan graphs war, 261 average, 315 on base percentage, a 398 slugging, 108 OPS plus. So that was above league average, 29 runs scored, 41 RBIs, uh, seven home runs. Those were his year numbers. Obviously, the disappointing part for Myers this year was the injuries. Already dealt with the thumb contusion in late May. Then he had the right knee inflammation that started in June, and he missed about two months with that. He returned in August, uh, and that's where the positive starts I, for me, I think, in that season. I mean, yeah, the power numbers weren't there, but that was a lot because of the missed time that he had. When he did come back in August, he, he looked like he was happy to play baseball, and he was really embracing possibly his last moments with the Padres. Uh, in his career at first base. I mean, he was playing tremendously at first base. Um, And then, sorry, my dryer is going on in the background. Um, Just tremendous at first. I thought he was having a lot of fun. It looked like he was having a lot of fun. Uh, Just playing freer, I thought, than what he played in like the outfield. Um, And offensively, he hit 309 in his last 18 games of the regular season. So he he earned that starting spot in the postseason, I thought. Now, it was unfortunate that come postseason time, he didn't do a whole lot offensively. I thought he was still pretty solid defensively, but 
Offensively, he went three for 29, I think it was. Uh, just he, he just didn't provide anything offensively. Um, but he was there defensively, so I was kind of fine with that. But as the later rounds progressed, like it wasn't a short series anymore, over a long series, you do, do need some offense from the middle of the lineup. And so they that's when you started seeing Myers not play as much. You had, or at least you had uh, maybe Drury go play first, and you had Bell, DH, and Myers come in later. Um, that was expected because Myers, again, he, he just wasn't providing much offensively. But for his last year in San Diego, yeah, the numbers aren't like super flashy and all that. But I think it was a successful year for him, uh, considering the circumstances. Obviously, it wasn't a successful year, probably in total. Like, numbers-wise, they, they just weren't there. But considering the injuries, what he was able to do when he came back, uh, I, I think that's a real positive. And, and if this was his last year with the Padres, it was a great end, I thought. I mean, this guy went through the ups and all the downs with the Padres. He's the only one left, right? 2015, he comes in. They give him that extension for $83 million or whatever it was, the biggest contract in Padre history, uh, which obviously that, that looks like nothing now based on $340 million they give for to Fernando and uh, given the $300 million they gave to Manny. Uh, but that was the biggest at the time. He didn't want to be a leader. Like, he... He didn't want to uh, be like the face of the franchise, right? I understand that. That's some people, uh, some people's personalities. They're just not, they, they don't want to be the face and that's okay. Um, but he always, he was always someone who got it. If, if you know what I'm saying, like with the fans, he got it. He was always signing autographs. He, he took time from the fans, even during rehab assignments like this year in Lake Elsinore, he, for every fan that wanted one. Uh, he took his time with the fans, right? And obviously in the postseason, um, running around the field, running around outside by the players, parking garage, high-fiving fans, and going bar hopping and buying beers uh, for Padre fans in those bars. I mean, he's someone that got it, and he really, really enjoyed this season because uh, he had to go into it this postseason run, um, he had to go into it thinking that, okay, this is going to be my last year with the Padres. And he definitely soaked it all in, that's for sure. Um, and when I think back at Will Myers' Padres tenure, I'm probably going to say, all right, well, I mean, did he live up to the contract? No. Like, even if you look go look at the fan graphs numbers, the value numbers, like when he's earning $20 million a year, He's worth like $12 million a year. Uh, there was one year where he lived up to it, right? 2016, he had a 3.4 war. Uh, he was worth over $20 million a year. He exceeded that contract, the year-to-year salary, right? But there were other years where he just didn't live up to it. You know, 2015, I know one war. 16, we already mentioned that, 3.4 war, hit the All-Star game, the home run derby. Uh, he was the guy for the Padres. But then 2017... A 1.3 war. Again, this was before Hosmer came, right? He was still like the guy. 2018, a 1.6 war. 2019, 0.07. This is all F4, by the way, fan graphs. 2020, he actually had a good year, but it was two months. So you kind of have to take that into account. 
uh, that was a two war. 2021, two war, full season again. 2022, this year, a one war. Um, yeah, he did not live up to the contract, but I think he lived up to his contract more than, you know, Eric Hosmer did. Uh, Hosmer got $144 million, and the guy had, what did he have, like a zero war? Maybe it was even a negative Fangraphs war. I think over his five years with the Padres, his baseball reference war was like, people get that, people double that. People double all-stars, they double that in one season. Like, that's probably the worst contract in Padres history. I, I'm not going to go that far with Myers. Um, and he's someone that embraced the fans, took time with fans. He, he's someone that got it. And so, yeah, there's some people on social media in my mentions that are like, well, why, why, are, why do we praise Will Myers' Padres career, but then dump on Hosmer's when they both underperformed? That's right. They underperformed, but there's a big difference there. Someone wanted to be here. Someone was here because of the money and did not care about the fan base. I think that's part of the reason why, you know. Uh, but, yeah, when I reflect on Myers' Padres tenure, yeah, there were injuries. There was a lot of strikeouts, uh, underperformance. You know, there was a lot of Sunday day games where he struck out three times in a game and all that. But to end it like this in 2020 where he was playing good defense, uh, he was at first base. It looked like he was happy again to play baseball. Um And he looked, I mean, this was the happiest that he ever was with the Padres, right? Uh, That's a great way, I think, to end his Padres career if this is the way he goes out. It was a heck of a way to go out, go to the NLCS. uh, And it's not like he was riding the bench the whole time. He was starting at the end there. Um, So I'm proud of how he did embrace Padre fans and how he ended his Padres tenure, right? He didn't. Uh, you know, reject a trade to the Nationals and then not thank Padres fans and then block all of the Padres fans on Twitter like Hosmer did, right? No, he didn't do that. Uh, him and his wife, Maggie, uh, were they embraced Padres fans. They loved being with this city. Uh, maybe he comes back, but if he doesn't, I wanted to take some time to look back and appreciate Will Um He's one of my favorite Padres ever, that's for sure. And I know it's like, well, why is he one of your favorite Padres ever? Like, he underperformed. Okay, but he's someone that was here for eight years, you know, seven, whatever it was. Um, there, there's not a lot of Padres recently that you can say that about, you know. Uh, sure, Manny and Tatis, they'll be here forever. Uh, Crony's going to probably live out his contract here. Uh, hopefully he gets an extension. But the guys that he was with at the beginning of that contract, Carlos Asuaje, Manuel Margot, Hunter Renfro, uh, Alexi Ramirez, Ryan Schimpf, Corey Spangenberg, like he was through all of that. And those guys were not here for a long time, right? Uh, so you couldn't really latch on to one of those guys where with Will, like he was, it felt like he was, he represented Padres fans through, um, because he was through some ups, but not many. He was through a lot of downs. He was through all of the low seasons for the Padres, the 70 win seasons, like we were. He was there, right? Uh, he always talked to the media. Um, 
he was always accountable, especially like this year. It felt like he was accountable. Um, and uh, I don't know what else to add. I, I was, I'm just, I'm proud of the way that he represented the fan base. I want to say that. Uh, and I'm proud of the way it, it possibly ended. Um, so that's what I'll say about Will. And moving on to Jose Azokar's 2022 season. He was the starting center fielder at one point. Then he wasn't. And he didn't get much playing time at all in the postseason because Trent Grisham turned into Mr. October. Um, and he wasn't going to get a lot of playing time anyway because if you look at it, like the Padres wanted that power potential in center field. Trent Grisham, Gold Glove this year. Congrats to him again. Um, I gave my reaction to that on YouTube if you want to go check that out. With the Zokar, I mean, I, I think you have to label it a success based on where he started the season because he was in the minors. Uh, we never heard of the guy really, right? Um, and he he made it to the big leagues, and he worked his butt off. He worked on his play discipline, um, and he, he did provide an impact for the Padres this season. He had a .5 Fangrass war, 257 average, 298 on base percentage, 332 slugging percentage, 85, excuse me, sorry, the dryer again, 85 OPS plus, um, 10 runs driven in, no homers, but that's like expecting Noah to hit home runs, right? He's just not a power bat. I look at the the positives from Azokar this year. He hit what, 371 through for a couple weeks, September 2nd through the 23rd, three weeks, hit 371. He showed speed, right? That showed up. He wasn't terrible in the outfield. I think he made like four errors. Um, that's the positives, right? And if he's the backup center fielder next year, I don't think that's the end of the world. I think Grisham's going to be the starting center fielder on opening day next year. Uh, I just think that they're going to try it out again for a full season. And they saw what he did in the postseason. They're like, okay, well, let's try to get this to happen in the regular season. And let's hope that Grish can do this for a full season. So I think Grish will start. If Azokar is the backup center fielder, he's on the bench. That's not the worst case, right? You have speed on the bench there. You have someone that can go play left or right field late in games if you want a better defensive option over Soto or whoever's in left field come opening day. Um, negatives, I mean, there were negatives, though, like the power, but, again, you can't expect him to have power. Uh, I knew that he wasn't going to start games in the postseason. Like I, because I've already mentioned, you know, the power potential with Grisham, just he's the better overall player, uh, even with him struggling offensively, because Zokar is probably going to struggle offensively, right? Uh, but I wasn't expecting him after he took over the starting center field role. They gave him that chance. The last couple weeks of the season didn't do that great. Uh, he hit 0.87 over his last nine games in the regular season. There just wasn't a lot there. I guess I was expecting more uh, to end the season from Azokar, especially when he had, like, that chance. He did have that chance. They put Grisham on the bench, and they gave Azokar those starts. 
and it just didn't feel like he did a whole lot with those. So that was disappointing. But I wasn't expecting him to, you know, be this amazing center fielder all of a sudden when he got the starting role. I guess I was just expecting more than what he gave the Padres then, you know. Uh, but again, it's not the end of the world for him to be, well, not the fourth outfielder. You probably want some power there, but to be like the fifth outfielder, if they do have five, be the backup center fielder, like, I'm fine with that um, for next year. And with Grish, I mean, I, I like Grish being the starting center fielder uh, over a Zucar, definitely, for 2023. And some people might be, uh, they, they might not want Grisham anymore. They might be tired of him. They saw how he played in the NLCS or how he hit in the NLCS. Uh, they saw how he hit in the regular season, and it was a bigger sample size in the postseason. But the Padres, I mean, they have him under club control for, I want to say, another three more years, or at least another two more. So I don't think they're going to give up on him. when they. It's not like he sucked the whole postseason. Like, they saw glimpses of what Grisham can be. They just want to see it now for the majority of the 2023 season. And they got to fill the left field hole. They got to fill first and DH and starting pitching, back of that rotation, and the bullpen. So they have higher priorities right now to fill, just fill positions, than to go replace Trent Grisham and have him either put him in a trade or have him be the fourth outfielder. Like, I think they're fine with giving him the chance to be the starting center fielder again. Uh, or continue to be the starting center fielder in 2023. They believe in him. And again, so Azokar, having him be an outfielder on the bench, that's not the end of the world next year with Gershon being the center fielder. I hope that they go find, if Profar doesn't come back, they go find some power in left field uh, or just someone who has the potential to have power. Maybe that's David Peralta, um, Michael Conforto's available. Uh, there's some other names out there. Um, that I'll dive into, obviously, as this offseason, you know, gets in a full swing after the World Series. Uh, but that's kind of what we're looking at next year. I mean, it's Soto and right. It's Grisham in center, Azokar on the bench, Profar maybe in left. If he doesn't come back, then someone until Tatis comes back, and then you probably put Tatis in the outfield, in right field, and you have Soto move to left. I, I, I mean, you have power with Tatis, right? So you want some power there in the outfield, more power. Then you could put Tatis in the outfield. You have still Kim at shortstop, Manny at third, Crony at second, and then you get some power at first base, or whether that's bringing back Drury or bringing in Bell again, or you, have, you know Rizzo is probably going to be available, uh, or you go get like a lower-name guy via trade, like maybe Rowdy Telez. I think he has a couple more years uh, on a contract. That's what it's probably going to look like next year uh but they could have crony play first and have kim play second and tatis play short but then they better go get a good left fielder you know like there's there's a lot of different uh possible scenarios i know this was supposed to be season reviews about myers and azokar but as fans obviously i'm just focused on what we're going to be doing in this offseason and it's impossible to just focus on this past season and not look forward to what's to come and this season because the padres are good they're contenders. It's NLCS or bust probably next year. And we just want this team to improve and keep getting better. And there's just a lot of positions to fill. And there's so many things that AJ Preller could do this offseason. Uh, 
And so I'm very excited for what's to come uh, this offseason. Getting to the chat here, uh, before I get to that, this episode brought to you by Gaglion Bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. Gaglionbros.com is the website. Uh, their main location is on Friars Road, and it's available inside Petco Park and inside Snapdragon Stadium. I definitely recommend you check those guys out. Great cheesesteaks, cheesesteak fries, garlic fries, cheese fries, regular fries. Uh, a lot of good stuff there. Um, all right, let's get to the chat here. Um, Sal, I think that's his name. Sorry, I'm on my phone here, so it's kind of small in this chat. But I'm trying to make it work. Um, Sal says, do we need Profar? No, I don't think we need Profar. Sure, he's good for the clubhouse. Um, he had a good – he was a solid – I thought he was a solid left fielder this year. He improved defensively. Uh, he was good with his arm, great with his arm. Um, but we don't need Profar. If he's going to get $15 million a year like Keith Law thinks that he could get, then no. We're not bringing him back. I don't think you pay $15 million a year for Profar. That's doubling his salary from 2022. We're not doing that. So, no, you don't need him, especially when you could put Tatis in the outfield. Like, I'm not opposed to that. I think having Soto in left, having Grisham in center, having Tatis in right field, I think that's an intriguing outfield. And that allows you to still have Kim at shortstop. He's your best shortstop on the roster. It allows you to have Cronoworth. Uh, your best second baseman on the roster to play second base. And you can go bring in a first baseman with some power and he could DH a little bit. Uh, you know, like you have Alfaro, a campy that can DH a little bit as well. I don't think that's the end of the world. If you don't even bring in a left fielder, you're probably going to bring in an outfielder uh, for bench. If you don't bring in a starter. Uh, but no, if, if no, I think the Padres, if they're going to bring back Profar, it's probably going to be with the player option him coming back with that because the player option is what, like 8 million or something, 8.3 million. I think I saw that somewhere. That's probably what they want to give him. I mean, do they want to give him $10 million a year in free agency? I, I don't know. Maybe I I'm, I'm pretty sure they don't want to give him 15 million a year. That's for sure. So no, we don't need Profar. They can get the job done. Uh, without Profar. As great as he was this year for the Padres, uh, you are getting Tatis back. And you got to – I'd rather spend that money, that extra money from Profar on, like, Nick Martinez, making sure he's come, he comes back as a starter, uh, or Robert Suarez maybe, or definitely, like, the first base DH position than in left field for Profar. Yeah, my mom's right. Yeah, she says here, you went to the All-Star game, Will played in. Yeah. Uh, the Home Run Derby wasn't that much of a success. Uh, um, but no, 2016, that was like the year where it was like, wow, Will, he's showing up. Uh, but then after that, just didn't really live up to the contract. Jason says, Trent Grisham's projected 2023 salary is $2.6 Modest salary by Major League Baseball standards. Padres have nothing to lose and a lot to gain uh, if Trent can improve to his old form or get to back to his old form, I think is what Jason's saying here. Yeah. Um, yeah, if that's right, 2.6 million, yeah, that's nothing. For a gold glove center fielder and a guy with the power potential, like if he can 
just be a little more consistent at the plate, consistently good at the plate um, next year, I mean, they will take that. If Grisham's the eight hitter, that's not the end of the world. Grisham eight, Nola nine, like the postseason, that is not the end of the world. If Grisham and Nola can make consistent contact, I mean, that's that that's not that's not the worst thing. Uh, so I agree. Yeah, modest salary by MLB standards. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else to touch on? I don't think there's anything else to touch on. Went through the Profar stuff. Drury, and Profar was ranked as the 11th best free agent. Drury is the 49th, according to Keith Law, uh, assuming that Profar declines the player option and stuff. Um, Drury, I think he's probably going to get somewhere between 8 to $10 million a year, maybe a little more than that if someone overpays. But 8 to $10 million, Keith Law thinks 5 to $6 million a year. If I were the Padres, I would jump on that. Uh, he says pro far 15 to 18 million a year guy. That's not going to happen, I don't think, uh, from any team, to be honest. I think a team would give him maybe like 12 million, two years, three years, but I don't think that team should be the Padres if it's that. I mean, I think they want him for the player. They're fine with the player option uh, because they put it in the contract uh, when they agreed to it. But to do much beyond that, I don't think that's very smart, to be honest. Um, and we reflected on Myers' tenure, his 2022 season, Azokar's 2022 season. I'll be back tomorrow with more player reviews or, or and any Padres news or anything that comes out that I want to talk about. Thank you so much for tuning in here. Episode 268, Talking Prairies podcast and YouTube show. Hopefully I get my uh, computer charger to work or get a new one. And I'll be back on my laptop tomorrow. Uh, but thank you for bearing with me. Enjoy game four tonight of the World Series. Phillies are up two games to one in that. That's at five o'clock. And then I'll be back tomorrow. See you, everybody.